You know, uh, when I was 23 years old, I, uh, 22 years old actually, I found a church that really helped impact my life. I mentioned this in Sunday school class that I uh, wasn't where I needed to be with the Lord. I was saved, but I uh, wasn't living for Him. And I found a uh, church that really helped me get on the right path and stay close to the Lord. And you know who my first Sunday school teacher in that church was? Was Chris McWilliams and uh, Leslie. And I remember those times as they were uh, pregnant with the first child. And um, I remember Brother Chris's uh, influence at a young age there in my and he was young, too, and we're still young, and uh, had a great time there. And um, the Lord used so many people, familiar faces here. Uh, once I went on a missions trip with my church to India, the Lord allowed me to uh, just consider uh, one of the prayers I'd never done in my life was, uh, I not had rejected the Lord's calling, but I just simply had never opened my hands and said, Lord, I'll do what you want me to do. And I remember coming home and praying about serving the Lord, and the first thing I had to do was I needed to serve the Lord, and the, the best place to serve the Lord is in your church. And I remember working in Awanas, and many of the people who are here in the congregation, we worked together in Awanas. I was talking to Brother Grant, and he was telling me his son has three kids now in his, in his 20s, and I just don't want to believe about that, because that mean I'm a lot older than I really think I am. So uh, it's good to see people still serving the Lord. You know, we need some good news today, don't we? Uh, I think a lot of people thought when we turn the calendar this year, it's just going to magically be better. But, you know, the uh, Lord is good, but the Bible gives us so much good news if you would this morning, turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. Now, I know as we approach this chapter, you're going to say, wait a minute, missionary, we're in January now. We can't, we can't preach on Christmas in January. You know, one of the things I do love about the Dominican Republic is they love Christmas. And this is not an exaggeration. Starting at the end of October, you start seeing Christmas decorations and lights. And, and pretty much from uh, the end of October through November, December, even about halfway through uh, January, because on the first week of January they celebrate what is called Three Kings Day, uh, the, the Dominican is dominated by this idea of Christmas. Uh, unfortunately, it's not very much centered on Jesus Christ. It's lights and, and songs and food and, and sales. And, you know, even here in America, I know we were home here for the Christmas holiday. Sometimes our life can be so saturated, even with good traditions and activities and, and presents and, and family get-togethers, that, you know... The Christmas messages, and we may read the Christmas story, maybe even hear a few sermons about it, but to be honest, sometimes it gets lost in the shuffle. And tonight, or this morning, I'd like us to review the good news of the birth of Christ. Um, and not, not, not now with any distractions of the world, traditions, activities that we have to do, but just to focus in on the importance of this story in our lives. Notice, if you would, in God's Word, I'll be reading in Luke 2, we'll start in verse 8. <clears throat> and there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. Verse 10. And the angel of the Lord said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. He shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, in these brief moments that we get this morning, Lord, allow us to 
put aside the distractions of life and the busyness and the things we might have to do this week and just to allow your Holy Spirit to talk to us and to meet with us, Lord. Allow us to see this passage for what it is, wonderful, good news, that you sent your Son to be the Savior of the world. Lord, allow us to not only understand this message, but to be impacted so much that we'll go tell others about it. Lord, I thank you for this church and the opportunity to freely declare your word. We ask you to bless everything we do and say today. In your precious name we pray. Amen. This morning, as we focus in on this passage in Luke chapter 2, the title of the message is The Good News of the Birth of Jesus Christ. Boy, we need some good news today. We need to be reminded of some good news today. But when we think about the birth of Christ... I love what the Apostle Paul says in Philippians 2, 7, describing the incarnation of our Lord. He says this, But made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, notice this, and was made in the likeness of men. God, Creator, I believe the pastor was talking about you're focusing on God as the Creator. The Creator God came in human form. All the adjectives and superlatives of the English language, and any other language, could not properly express nor exhaust the reality that Christ came to earth in human form. Maybe the most amazing verse and succinct verse describing the Christmas story is not found in Luke or or found in Matthew, but I like how John tells the Christmas story. John describes the Christmas story in this way. John 1.14, very simply, And the Word was made flesh. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Father God, the creator, his son came to earth in human form. And you know, nobody in that little village in Bethlehem had any idea the magnitude of what had just happened. And I dare say that Mary and Joseph didn't properly understand exactly what had just happened. And they were about to get some unexpected guests, weren't they? You know, my wife doesn't like unexpected guests. She, she likes to clean the house and have it all organized. But Mary was about to get some unexpected guests, wasn't she? And, and, and as we go on this uh, passage today and we go on this journey, uh, let's keep in mind verse 11. It's really the central idea and the central focus of our heartbeat today. And, and verse 11, a very familiar verse, you probably know it by heart. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Brothers and sisters, there is no more central message to the gospel than that Christ has come to save sinners and to be our Savior. That is good news. That is good news. Now, we need to understand that uh, this angelic announcement about his birth established from the very beginning who Christ is. You know, Christ didn't come to earth to be a moral philosopher or an ethical teacher or even a prophet or teacher. He came to be the Savior of the world. That's good news for us today, because we all need a Savior. Now, this was prophesied to his adopted father, Joseph, as Joseph was wrestling with the idea what to do with this news that he had received about Mary and her pregnancy. And we know this famous verse in Matthew one twenty one, as the angel appears to Joseph in a vision. And she, speaking of Mary, shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, which is Jehovah saves, for he shall save his people from their sin. That's why Jesus Christ came. You know, through the years in our country, there have been many headlines, many things that we've celebrated. Uh, 
for those who read the newspaper headlines uh, just after uh, uh, VE Day and VJ Day, uh, yeah, VJ Day, those were times of great celebration in our country. In, in 1969 and during July, you might have picked up a newspaper and you would have saw a headline that says, Man Walks on the Moon. Uh, you, maybe in, in, in November 1989, you would have saw many headlines that talk about the Berlin Wall falling and communism falling and people celebrating that. Uh, I don't know where brother is. Boy, brother Troy Marvin here today. Where is he? He's okay. Well, Brother Troy, he's, he's a good friend of mine. We stay in touch. We're big Nats fans. You know, I remember a couple years ago when the Nats won the championship, my dad had to buy the newspapers for me so we could save. Those are things we celebrate. You know, there was no more important announcement to be celebrated before and since in humankind than this declaration today that is presented to us in this scripture by the, by the angels. Christ Jesus, the Savior, has come. No more important good news has ever been declared on, the, on a headline before or since than Christ has come in human form. That's good news. Now, very briefly this morning, I want us to examine three powerful truths concerning the good news of Jesus Christ and His birth. Without the distractions of Christmas, to to point us on the right direction in 2021, understanding that we have so much to be thankful for as believers in Jesus Christ. We have so much to share to others. We have this good news in our hands. Notice... First, the proclamation of this good news. Notice in verse 8, as we have already read, verse 8 says, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel of the Lord said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Have you ever found it interesting that the good news that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, that his arrival was presented to maybe the lowliest people in the country? If you were to to think about and consider who were the most important people in Israel at that time, you might start with with King Herod and the scribes and the Pharisees and maybe some other rich people. And as you went down the scale in a culture, probably right there at the bottom would be a group of shepherds. Have you ever found that interesting why God would decide to, to declare the most important news ever to maybe the lowliest group? That's how the Lord works. If you study in, in, in the Old Testament, God would always deal with the marginalized, the afflicted. I love this verse in Isaiah 61.1, talking about how the Lord seeks after those who need him. The Bible says the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. This is Isaiah speaking because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings or good news unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are that are bound. The Lord always seeks after the poor in spirit. That gives you and I a chance. That gives you and I a hope that God is not only after the elite. He loves all. What a wonderful message. What a wonderful good news for all that God loves us all. Now, the shepherds had great fear at the appearing of this, these, this angelic being. Uh, not only just from his appearing, but you have to understand. These, uh, uh, these shepherds don't know the story of Zacharias and don't know the story of Mary. As far as they know, God has not spoken to Israel in 400 years. And he's now speaking to them through his angel. Now, Fear is a natural reaction. 
I think if you and I were to, in one moment, see an angel, our first reaction also would be fear. And so that's why it's so simple, but yet so profound. The first two words the angel says, fear not. Let's repeat that. Fear not. Boy, if there are ever two words that we need to focus in in our lives today, it's fear not. There's so much fear in the world. We don't need to fear COVID. We can prepare and be smart about it. We don't need to fear political change. We can be good citizens. We don't need to fear it. We don't even need to fear death. For those who are believers, death is graduation to glory. Fear not. What a message from the angels to these shepherds. These words, fear not, are still important even 2,000 years later. The good news that God has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world who would redeem lost sinners is still good news today. In fact, it's the best news you'll ever hear. Now, it's important we make one note. This is only good news to those who receive it. Understand, this was tremendous news that the Savior had come. But the Savior is only effective when you receive Him. Simply believing that a man named Jesus lived 2,000 years ago will not save you from your sins. Understanding the Christmas story and what it meant and God's incarnation and, and, and everything won't mean anything if you have not trusted, placed your faith and received this gift that has been offered in the birth of Christ and through His life and through ultimately His sacrifice and resurrection. The proclamation of the angels was a wonderful, wonderful proclamation. It's wonderful news. Glad tidings of great joy to all people. But it's only wonderful news and good news to those who truly receive it. I don't know the hearts of all here today. Our church is a church of a very similar size. I know there are probably some watching on live stream. One of the things I remember a pastor teaching me in college is that just because someone goes to church doesn't mean someone has a right relationship with God. Not everybody who sits in church has placed their trust and their faith in Jesus Christ. We've seen that in our own church. Time after time, you might sit under preaching. Maybe today's the day when you think about that little baby lying in the manger and what it meant that God became human flesh. You understand your need to have a personal relationship with Him. What a great, great news for you and I to share with the world that God has come to be our Savior. Now notice the second truth here in this proclamation is the person. You know, the angel gives us this proclamation, but he, he narrows down here specifically the person of the good news. Who are we talking about? Well, notice in verse 11, our, our key verse, it says, For unto you is born the city, born this day in the city of David. Notice this triple description he gives. Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Savior of, of mankind, which is Christ the Messiah, Lord of all. First and foremost, Jesus Christ came to earth to be our Savior. As we mentioned in, verse, in Matthew one twenty one, that declaration to, to, to uh, Joseph, and she shall bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Do you know many people come to Jesus, and I'll say that in quotes, people come to Jesus because, you know, they're, they're turning over a new leaf. They're look, looking for a New Year's resolution. They're looking for a new, a new thing to do. They're looking for more satisfaction in their life, whether it be their marriage or their job 
than looking for a new cause. Let me say, if you follow the Lord Jesus Christ, I believe that you will have satisfaction in your marriage and in your job. And I believe you will have a purpose in life, but that's not why we come to Jesus Christ. We come to Jesus Christ because we're born sinners. We're born with a virus that will not go away without the blood of Jesus Christ. And that's why He came. We have good news. We have good news that needs to be shared to the nations. The true and lasting message of the gospel, that Christ came to earth to rescue and save sinners from judgment. Romans 3 tells us that none of us can escape the judgment of God. He has come to be our Savior because we cannot save ourselves. In my almost 12 years of witnessing in the Dominican Republic, soul winning and and sitting down, either knocking on a door or meeting someone in a, in a coffee shop or a cafe, maybe in a park. We often meet people in parks. And, and every time when we're talking to them, either the Romans Road or going over the Ten Commandments and trying to hone in and get them to understand their need for a Savior, I've never met one Dominican who thought they had lived a perfect, sinless life. They're very honest. Sometimes too honest about their sins. I, I try to explain, I'm not a priest, don't tell me all your sins. I don't want you to know them, but I want you to recognize that you have them. But most, most Dominican, every Dominican I've ever talked to about the Lord can honestly say they know they have not lived a perfect sinless life. The problem is they think that they've been good enough. And we're the same way. We think sometimes that we're good enough to get into heaven. We're good enough to, to follow our version of righteousness and God will just accept it. That's not what the Bible teaches us. Christ came for the, the strict purpose to be our Savior because we could not save ourselves or do anything to grant access into His glory. That's the problem. We all want to go to the same place. We're just not willing to do what we need to do, which is to humble ourselves, to call out unto Him, and to follow Him. You know, you've heard the idea of calling and making a reservation in a restaurant, and they'll ask you, party of how many? For us, as we prepare ourselves to go to heaven, we can't have more than a party of one. You can only prepare for yourself. You can only trust in the Lord. You can't trust for your kids. You can't trust for your parents. You can't trust for your grandkids. But you need to place your trust in Christ. The the good news is that Jesus Christ came to be our Savior. And I know sometimes that gets lost in the shuffle of Christmas. But don't let that get lost in January. Don't let that be forgotten in February. Don't, don't, be for, don't forget your neighbor who maybe grew up in a totally different culture where that you couldn't even find access to a Bible. Don't assume that they know this wonderful news. What do we do when we get good news? We often like to share it. Uh, one of the funny things we, we often talk on our men's meetings, we have uh, this year had a lot of virtual men's meetings online, but even when we were in person, one of the things we inevitably talk about, believe it or not, we don't really talk about sports that much, who can guess what you think men like to talk about when it's not talking about the Bible? And not sports. Think of something. I'll give you a hint. It's tasty. <laughs> food. We talk about food. Obviously, I like food. Okay? It's just, we'll just start there. Those who know me know we like food. And whenever my, my, my friends and I, we find a good restaurant or maybe a good dish we, we, we've, we've tasted somewhere, we tell them, oh, let me tell you about this place that serves a steak or serves... Uh, 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 costillas, what's the word? I'm thinking ribs. I can't think in English anymore. 
You know, we we always like to tell people, hey, I found this really good deal. I found this really good food. How often do we think the first thought is to tell them the good news that God sent his son. He became flesh and he lived among us. And he died on the cross and paid the debt that you and I cannot pay. I'm sad to say that it doesn't always cross my mind. But that's why I'm trying to emphasize it this morning is that we have such good news to share to a world that needs to know and receive this good news. It's not about a religion. It's not about a, a system of beliefs. As the angel told us, it's about a person. And his name is Jesus Christ. Lastly, as we think of these wonderful truths of the good news, I want us to see the purpose. The purpose. Why God did everything he did. Why he declared this this wonderful news to the shepherds. Why he brought these glad tidings of great joy. Notice in verse 12. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying where? In a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. You know, in verse 13 it says, There was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host. Now this, this uh, Greek word for multitude can literally mean millions upon millions. Imagine that, that countryside in Bethlehem, dark, there are no lights, the bleeding sheep, and then suddenly there are millions and millions of angels. One of the features I like about the app YouTube is because I am a sports fan. I like to go back and watch old games. My wife teases me. She says, you like to watch old games too much, but I like to relive the glory days, you might say. You know, go back and, and watch when my team was good and, and, and be excited like I was before. You know, when I get to heaven, I hope there's a YouTube. I hope we can go back and we can see when David took his sling and defeated Goliath. I hope we can see what it really looked like to see Daniel sitting there praying as the lions would go around. To, to see Moses as he lifted up his staff and the waters parted. I think this would be amazing. To be, to be watching what just seems to be black on the screen. And then suddenly, millions upon millions of angels glorifying God. Why does the Lord do anything that He does? It's to receive glory and honor. It says in verse 14, glory to God in the highest. That, that's a reference to the glory that God receives ever present in heaven. But notice it says, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. And now through the birth of Christ, All creation can experience not only the peace of God, but more importantly, peace with God. That is so important. Notice if you would, if you turn your Bibles very very quickly to Romans chapter 5. Don't want you to forget or miss this wonderful truth. Romans chapter 5, starting in verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have, notice this, peace with God. How? Well, it says here, through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. This is really good news we have today. That Jesus Christ came in human form so that we can have not only the peace of God in our hearts, but peace with God. We're born enemies to God. 
And through this Son, we can have peace with God. Now, right now, we're going we're gonna to wrap up, but I, I don't want us to miss this, because this is really this is the most important part of the, the message. And this is the part where this encounter with these lowly shepherds changed their lives completely. After hearing this angelic pronouncement and seeing the angels praising God, they went and they saw Joseph and Mary and the babe. And notice in verse 17, we're back in Luke chapter 2, verse 17. Notice how this encounter affected their lives. And when they had seen it, this is everything they saw in the manger. Notice this phrase. They made known abroad. They made known abroad the saying which was told of them concerning the child. It doesn't say they went back to the hillside and sat and pondered it and thought about it. No, it says they made known. They went about to and fro telling others what had been told to them by the angels, by God himself. And now here's the application for you and I. When we think of these lowly shepherds and how this one encounter changed their lives and how little evidence they had in their hands. Think about you and I. We have first-hand accounts like the shepherds and others about Christ and His birth, His life, and His death. We have the understanding now through, through centuries of understanding the fulfilled prophecy of His birth and His death. We have historical and archaeological evidence that confirm the biblical account. And we have countless changed lives through salvation and the transformation of the gospel. With all that evidence, how can we not follow the example of these same shepherds and make known abroad all that we know about this child, Emmanuel, God with us? What an important message. I know, for me, as I studied for this message, it was so more refined and powerful when I didn't have the distraction of Christmas and what I needed to do. And just to focus on how we need to be encouraged by good news. I mentioned this in the Sunday school class. Boy, sometimes in our lives we receive so much, we'll use the word media, information, that we're not focusing enough on the proper media, God's Word. And that we need to think and ponder on those that are things that are pure and honest and good and lovely. This is as pure and lovely as it gets. The good news that Jesus Christ came to earth to be our Savior. Now, the question is, have you heard the good news? Have, if you've heard the good news, have you received this news? Have you placed your faith and your trust, your eternal trust in Jesus Christ as Savior? That was the purpose of His, his coming, was to be our Savior. And if you've done that this morning, praise the Lord. What are you doing about following the example of the shepherds to make known abroad? But I'll say this. I know that sometimes in a congregation of this size, maybe those who are listening, there are doubts. The Bible has all the answers. There are loving people here in your church who are willing and able and ready and excited about telling you this good news. Maybe helping answer some questions you have concerning what it means to be a Christian, to follow him. Maybe you are a believer in Jesus Christ, but you would have been like one of those shepherds that would receive the good news and went back and sat on the countryside and didn't make known abroad. In 2021, with all the restrictions and, and, and obstacles we have, let us not only remember the good news, but let us share this wonderful news that we have that 
Christ came to be our Emmanuel, God with us.